You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Y'all please come tonight. Uh, in prayer this week for staff, uh, during our staff leadership time, uh, we just felt like there was a charge uh, that was happening. When Jesus, at one point, he sends out the 72 and he sends out the 12, we feel like there's a, a charge, like the sending out of the 72, you know, the, the, the greater body of disciples going out with authority to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to pronounce the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, forgiveness, mercy. And, and that is actually on you all. Uh, it's resting on, on all of us in here. And I, I believe tonight that you're going to experience it as, as you take the steps to, to meet somebody and, and however you want to bless them in that way, you're going to see uh, the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit in that time. It's going to be amazing. So please, please, please come. Uh, please come ready to give. So, uh, and, and so this service uh, today... Um, it is working out to be at a bit of a, of a preparation. I, I have felt led, you know, for uh, this whole week, but even before that, to preach on repentance. And so we're going to hit that today. I'm going to take a step out uh, and look at it from a big picture. We're going to go in and look at James chapter 4. If you guys want to go ahead and thumb over there, we're going to get there in about 20 minutes. And... Uh, <laughs> And then we're going to go through a time of, uh, you know, of actually uh, working it out. So we're going to, uh, we're going to do this in session. Uh, one of the things that's going to be so important for us as a church, as, as a specific body here at the gate going forward, is to, to recognize that we gather together like this, um, not, not to, to you know, preach to you, not to necessarily completely and only teach to you, but to lead you in how to encounter God for yourself so that you can be the carriers of that message where you go into every single setting. That, that's what we're here to do. We're, we're not actually here to create a, a comfortable service, although these are wonderful facilities and the Spirit's here. We're here to help lead you all as shepherds and leaders into that anointing that you uniquely carry because you have the hope of the gospel in you. And so today's message on repentance is part of that and how we're going to work that out. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and, uh, and I'm enjoying that. So I... Uh, I want to kind of first just talk about, uh, as we pan out a little bit, uh, the idea of holiness uh, to, to set us up on that. Um, there's not a lot of earthly equivalents that, that really capture what I'm going to aim at to begin with, um, but there are plenty uh, that we can look at. There's not a lot, but there's plenty. Uh, in this case, uh, I want to uh, just talk about the, the first time and then every time we have had a baby. Uh, if you know me and Elizabeth, we have five wonderful daughters. And, uh, and to see them when they're born. If you've ever had the honor and privilege of, of being in the labor and delivery room when a child is born, it, it's, it's incredible. And that first time that I held Charlotte as the first one, then Annalise and Isabel and Evelyn and Margaret after that, it, it was a holy moment because I was seeing something that had never been seen before. And, and to see them in my hands and, and then make every expression that had never been made before, before me, it, it was, it, I experienced things that I, I, can't, uh, I can't describe. Uh, it, was, it was a holy moment. I was seeing something that was set apart, that, that Elizabeth and I had the privilege of being able to witness in those moments. And then over the unfolding of time, 
every time that I, I see them, there's a, there's a newness of life that's in them because they're, they're older, they're taller, they're experiencing new ideas and new facial expressions uh, and, and a lot of different new things. And each of those moments is holy because they're, they're different. They've, they've never happened before. And <laughs> when, uh, when Charlotte was born, we had this pediatrician that came in and he was awesome. He was well-skilled. He was competent. He had a, a bow tie, uh, which helped me to know that he was also free and fun-loving. He, uh, he had, uh, you know, just a joyful heart to him. And so I was kind of kidding around uh, with him because he looked like he would be one of those guys that you can kid around with. And I said, you know, one of the things I'm most looking forward to in having a baby is when I can throw them in the air <laughs> and catch them. <laughs> and I was having a good time. He just looked at me dead serious. He goes, you never throw babies. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I know, I, I, oh, never mind. And, you know, he just is looking at me like at this point, taking notes, you know, like bad parent alert, you know. <clears throat> we had such a good time because every one of those uh, early moments, they, they're, they're so cast in, in my mind. You know, uh, scientists, they, they've studied these kind of things, which I think is so funny. Um, uh, for those adrenaline junkies out there, when, whenever you like, go skydiving, for instance, the uh, experience of jumping out of a plane for all the various reasons that you can imagine, you know, taking your, your life in your own hands and, and jumping and leaping and then falling and experiencing the acceleration that's happening as the earth is getting closer, the, <clears throat> the, the fullness of reality that, that happens in your physiological brain uh, is so rich uh, and so full that when you look back over that experience, um, it's as if it lasted for longer than it really did. And the reason why is because normally when you're recording memories in your brain, you know, it's happening at this kind of a pace. And so you develop this reflection mechanism that says that, all right, well, it's taken uh, this much time, uh, this much uh, experience, lasted that much time. But because you've got so much experience with that uh, you know, jumping in uh, off the plane in a, in a short amount of time, your brain looks at that as like, well, that much experience normally lasts that amount of time. And so you look back at a one-minute jump and think that it was maybe like three minutes or a five-minute jump and think it was like 10 minutes because all of that experience, all those emotions, all those neurochemicals are packed in at a short amount of time. And so you just remember it differently. And, and it's like that with, uh, you know, with, with having a new child. It's like that when you experience those first moments because you're seeing something holy and your entire existence is, is wrapped up into these moments. Your, your thoughts, your emotions, your physiology. This is something that I want to talk about with holiness and leading to repentance because our entire being is alive and awakened when we are encountering something that's holy. And when God's doing something that's holy, our experience of it as human beings is that it's something new. We experience newness, freshness, because God, holiness is set apart. It's something different. It's something that's never been seen before. So the angels around the throne, they look at God all the time and they say, holy, 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 because they've never seen that part of God before. Even though they're, they've been around him for eternity, they're still seeing new aspects of God. And so when we see something holy, we experience a holiness like we've been experiencing this last hour, we will experience it as, as a freshness and a newness that's out there. So I want to pan back out even more and, and ask you guys for a moment to, to imagine the world before there was a world. Imagine, imagine creation before there was creation. So imagine God, he wasn't creation. Imagine the creator 
with the, the only unique son in Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and, and they're, they're sitting around. I don't know what they do before creation, but the, they're, they're together. And the father's looking at the son. He's looking at, at Jesus pre-incarnate. He's, he's looking at his own son, who is holy, who is experiencing or showing something of the father that the father has never seen before. Because the Son is holy, the Father is holy, the Spirit's holy. There's this newness, there's this set-apartness that in their relationship, God is revealing something of himself. And Jesus is revealing something of himself that they've never, never seen before. And I know this is kind of getting heady, but, but go with me for a second. And then when the Father sees that of Jesus, he goes, oh, and Jesus, in that holiness that he's revealing, helps the Father to see something that wasn't there before. For the first time, God's reacting to something that he had seen in Jesus. Now he becomes something fully and wholly more like God. This idea of holiness, responsiveness, of growing into it, is what the Godhead is constantly experiencing. Now, no, stay with me for a second, because I know it's kind of heady, but there's a purpose in this. And so God is looking at Jesus, and Jesus shows some aspect of himself that hadn't been seen yet before God. And God finds within himself this, this equality of just responsiveness to his son, this new way of loving his son because of what Jesus has shown. And, and this is a formulation of how we begin to think of the Trinity. And then we begin to see this here on earth in the same kind of way. Like when I look at my daughters, and I, there's something I haven't seen before in them. Like when I, when I first saw them come to life, I experienced a love that I didn't know was within me, that, that, was, that was made real. And I, and I do it with my, when I see my, my friends here in, in prayer before the service, I was seeing uh, friends that I hadn't seen, uh, you know, this week or whatever, uh, but we were praying together and there was a unity that I hadn't experienced before. And, and, and my reaction to that was finding within me this new level of love, this new aspect of love that I hadn't experienced before. And God is love. And so I was experiencing a new aspect of God. And it was a holy thing. It was a new part of me. Are you guys tracking with this? Okay. So in that idea of, of the, the Trinity, Jesus then is uh, sent to the earth after he creates it, and he becomes fully human, as he also remains fully God. So when Jesus is born, even before him, when he was uh, formed in the womb, he begins as a human being and as God to experience things that God himself had never experienced until God in human form began to experience these things. And so God was experiencing something holy through humanity, through Jesus. God was experiencing holiness through humanity, through Jesus. So as a human, Jesus is revealing to the Father an aspect of holiness that could only have happened through humanity. <laughs> so... We're going to continue on with this. Track with me. Keep going with this. Um, when the Father's looking at Jesus, he, Jesus is born, and, and Jesus' eyes, his natural eyes, look up at Joseph and Mary. Joseph and Mary had been trained by the Heavenly Father 
through the, the angels, through you know, years and hundreds of years of prophetic culture and the historical uh, people of Israel to wait for the Messiah. And so when they were looking at Jesus, knowing that this is the Son of God, that this is the Messiah, that this is the one that was promised, and all that they experienced up to that moment, there was a sense of awe, but also pure love coming from just their natural humanity to Jesus. So Jesus first looks up, and he experiences the love of two eyes looking back at him and four eyes looking back at him. And, and the, the little baby Jesus begins to experience like love and connection through, uh, through Mary and through Joseph. And that is received by the Father, and there's a newness of life that's in the Father that's formed in that. There's a holiness, there's a holy moment. And so Jesus was helping the Father experiencing a new level of holiness as well. God, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's, he is God. And yet, because he's holy, there are certain, and he's in connection with the, the, the Trinity, there, there's, there's this expansiveness that goes beyond what I'm trying to explain, and I hope that you guys are catching up with it. Because in humanity, Jesus and also in his perfectness was experiencing what a true human is going to experience. And so he was making pure all the different ways that we as human beings will begin to experience life through his own humanity. So in his holiness as a human, in, in, in our state as, we are, as, as it is, he was showing us what holiness as a human being can look like. Never once did Jesus falter. Even when he was a kid, he went off to go to the temple while his parents were going back to uh, Nazareth because he was going to be with his father in his father's house. Like, that's just what human beings do. We want to go back to where our father is, our father in heaven is. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. And so that was a pure, holy response to being one who's formed in humanity, seeing the scriptures as they are, and then responding to it. In the Lord, and so it was a it was a perfect response, and so everything Jesus did, we come to find out later, he did in seeing what the Father is doing and joining him there, and speaking the words that he heard the Father speaking, and speaking those very things too. Everything he did was 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 perfectly in union with awareness of love and love itself, and there was a synthesis, a synergy between love between God and Jesus in everything that he did, and so everything that he was doing was making humanity holy through the life that he lived. Everything, what he was doing, the means of God matter a lot. <laughs> and so he was creating this holiness that was there. And every moment that, therefore, Jesus, as a son of man representing humanity, was experiencing in life, he was doing a response to, the, to this father. And in so doing, he was experiencing this, this joy, which is the right response of knowing God. He was experiencing serving another, which is the right response of understanding humanity. And so because of these things that Jesus was experiencing, everything he did was, was perfect, and everything that he did was holy. And it was a beautiful sight to behold. And so, you know, getting now to kind of like the, the point of where we're going to go in a second, is that Jesus was doing that all the time, experiencing this reciprocity of holiness. The Father was included in that, and Jesus was included in that. That's what it's like to be fully alive and fully human, fully in love, is just looking at the life of Jesus. There's a constant awareness of the presence of God every time that Jesus was moving on earth. That is what it means to be fully human. And, and, and picture the, the before and the after, the before creation, the after creation. That's what it means to be fully human. And in that way, we look at our lives and we're like, whoa, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not completely like that all the time. We, we have moments even in worship where we're experiencing a, a holiness and it feels like a newness. It's like this expression of God that, that we're now experiencing within us, around us. And I'm like, this is God in us. This is amazing. Um, and, and then there's this, this want for more. 
God, I just, I just want to experience this, this all the time because we begin to experience, uh, you know, a, a, maybe a dissipation or we, we recognize that, all right, I'm thinking now about Monday's project or, you know, oh, we got kids to pick up at 12 and oh, we got to go figure out lunch. And, and suddenly my awareness has, has changed a bit from just enjoying the Father at all times. Jesus at all times was enjoying the Father. Jesus wasn't, <laughs> Jesus wasn't concerned sometimes about scheduling. Like his brothers came up to him at one point and said, hey, don't you want to go up to, the, to Jerusalem to celebrate the, 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 the festival? And Jesus was like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, and then the very next scripture verse says that, well, and then Jesus went to the festival. And, you know, you're like, well, I don't think, like, how, how do you not know how to do that, God? Uh, how do you not know that, Jesus, you're supposed to do that? Because he's like, now's not my time. And then it, it appears like the next day or even that day, now's my time. He wasn't focusing on, on planning as much as he was about living in communion with God. And sometimes he just didn't have the answers. He wasn't supposed to have the answers. We in our humanity were, were limited. Jesus limited himself in these ways. And yet that awareness constantly of God created this holiness within him so that he could respond in a moment to the Lord. And so this is what it's like to be fully human. Uh, and I, I want to give a couple more examples of this. So we know that um, when, we're, when we see a baby, when we see kids, when we see one another, you know, maybe, you know, graduate or when we see one another's new clothes from Christmas time that you guys are looking all sharp with, we're like, oh. That's great. You look great. And there's a, there's a, a semblance of holiness that's there. Uh, but it also exists in nature. Like I think one of the reasons why so many of us are drawn to bodies of water, like a river or like the ocean, is because even in real time, we're never experiencing the same river twice. You know, it, it's always changing. Um, it, whenever we look at the ocean, we're, we're never looking at the same ocean, you know, twice. It, it's constantly changing. Because there's an awakening, there's a, there's a call in our hearts to be aware of something that's constantly new, constantly holy. Because we're made to be one with God who's constantly revealing how amazing he is beyond what we can imagine, beyond what our minds can conceive of, beyond our finiteness in this humanity that's been created. There, there's something of God that is so vast that we're always looking for that thing that helps resonate with us of his majesty, even if we're not aware of it. I mean, uh, Herman Melville, when he wrote Moby Dick, that first chapter is so monumental in literature because he's awakening within us that call out. Why is it that every man searches for a river or a body of water, he says? There's something in the depths of the ocean of the water that cries out to humanity. And that's because there is that desire for holiness to continuously see something that's being new and new and new. Every time we look out at nature, it's the same thing. Every sunset, the reason why we can look at sunsets forever and never make make it tired is because we have never seen it before. You know, there's colors like we, we try to, you know, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I was talking to the girls and, uh, and I was like, what color, it was a sunset, I was like, what colors do you see here, here, and here? And, you know, it was like the blue and the purple and the orange and they're kind of mixing together and, you know, you kind of lose track of, of what colors are there as you, as you focus in between the gradients and you're like, I, I don't even know what, it, what to call that. And that, that, that resonates with us because we want to see those things that, that are indescribable because that's who God is. And, and that's holiness, you know. And, and so there's, there's holiness in the sense that God is, is set apart and, and a lot of it is, is moral, right? You know, we, we don't murder, we don't cheat, we don't covet, we don't lust, we don't, you know, that, that's our identity. That's not who we are anymore. There's also just like the holiness that comes from the majesty of God. And, and, and all these things are in the realm of repentance because as we 
begin to encounter God in just a fresh way, in a wonderful, joyful way. We we're like, God, I thought I knew joy before. But I, but I want to now stretch into this joy that you're revealing that goes beyond what I've experienced before. And, and that's repentance. Um, so I, I want to set that up for us because we're going to be going into um, a passage in James 4 that I want us to begin to, uh, to look into. Um, one more thing. So holiness for God is, is, a, is a constantly, um, consistently evolving, revolving, uh, revealing, how are you going to, there, there's a consistency to it of, of God's holiness that, that we can participate in. And it's something also that, that he calls us to. It's something that we, we can't ourselves first engineer. He first has to call out in, in us, but he's constantly doing that to us. And I say that intentionally because sometimes we can feel like we need to have a special grace uh, to enter into holiness. And every moment of every day, he's constantly calling us into that awareness of holiness. So let's look at James 4 for a second, if you're there. <clears throat> so in verse 1, I'm going to read for a bit. I'm going to skip a couple passages and finish up. So bear with me for this long reading. This is James, uh, so in, in the Hebrew, he's Jacob. This is Jacob, uh, you know, in English and the Latin, they changed it. But this is, you know, he's a Hebrew man. He's James, uh, the brother of Jesus. Uh, and Martin Luther, when, when he was creating his Bible for the Germans, he, he left out James because James is, he, he's too prescriptive. And, uh, and Martin Luther had obsessed and compulsive disorder. And he, he literally did. And he, he hated, he hated the, the, the finiteness, the, the commandness of these, these verses, uh, and, and so there was something of, of the law that Luther was still working out in his theology. Um, but I, I want to <laughs> explain these things in the concept of, uh, in, in the idea that you and I, as we're reading this, we are in the Spirit, in communion, in holiness, in that sense of enjoyment of God and Him enjoying us. Um, I'm going to put this down for one second. All right. So in the same way that when God was in Jesus completely bringing all of humanity into himself through the incarnation. So too, who you have been given the Holy Spirit. You who have been given the Holy Spirit, you are helping reveal a holiness through your humanity because you're connected with God through Jesus Christ now. That God himself is standing and saying, that's holy. That, that's holy. That's something I've never seen before. I'm going to press this because you are uniquely made Born from heaven, this is why Jesus told us to pray, our Father who is in heaven, our Father who is in heaven. Where were we born? In heaven, born from God, born from the Spirit. And so the Spirit that's in you, that you were made with, that you were made for, made with, that is revealing through your humanity something that God is seen as holy. As you remain in the Spirit, now there's certainly thoughts, and we'll get into that, and, and actions and feelings that are not holy, and so I'm not talking about those things, but as you remain in the Spirit and expressing Him and revealing Him and are aware of Him, you are revealing holiness because it's the Spirit within you that's revealing these things. Is this making sense for you guys? You guys need to meditate on this one. This is going to take a while to capture up on, but I'm telling you, if you, if you let this sink into your heart, into your soul, it, it'll change the way it, you'll feel fresh. Let us put it that way. <laughs> What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? So he's writing to believers, and they're fighting and quarreling. This is a unique aberration of culture, apparently, and this is, this is obviously a new thing, too. 
So don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Don't these quarrels and fights come from the evil desires that are at war within each of you? You want what you don't have. Some translations will say these cravings that you have. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war and take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. That word pleasure is the same word that Jesus uses when he's describing the soil and the seed. There is some soil that is rich. There's some soil that's hard. There's some soil that's rocky. There's some soil that has weeds from the cares and the pleasures of the world. It's only used five times in the New Testament, and this word pleasure, it's the idea of uh, sensuality, not sensuousness, but sensuality, which is taking pleasure, specifically, but not always, uh, sexual in nature, that's immoral, upon yourself. And so he's saying, you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, and again, he's talking to believers, <laughs> you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Another translation will say, God is uh, jealous for the spirit that he's placed within you. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I'm, I'm going to continue on in just a second. But I want to point out uh, that... There's this, this awareness of adultery, of unfaithfulness to God, and having desires that are for your own pleasure to the point where you are scheming and wanting to control and fight to make sure that you have those pleasures in your own life. And they're not limited to purely sexual things. There are, there are, there are things that you would desire and find pleasure in that are, are simply you know, ungodly, that, that do detriment to your body, drugs, too much alcohol, these kind of things. These are all things in your life that as you have them, they are at war and they are like adultery to our Father who has placed his spirit within you so that you can experience holiness with him and he can experience holiness with you. And again, thinking of God... Uh, in some ways like this is helpful for me, that he's, he's purely innocence. He is, he is pure purity. He is pristine, clean, like you would see uh, in a Downs child when they're expressing their love to you. I've got a friend of mine, Chandler, and his uh, son, Caden, has Downs. And, and being around Caden is an absolute joy because he doesn't hide it. He just looks at you and he's like, ah! You know, that's the heart of God toward us. Ah, you know, I love her. You know, he's, he's not afraid to get hurt by your rejection of him. And so he never hides his love for you, his joy for you at all times. And that innocence, that purity that's given his spirit, that's given of himself to you. That's why James is so strong saying, you adulterers, how dare, how dare you let a desire in your own heart that would compete with this innocence, this purity? Why would you want to, why would you want in any way compete with that? Why would you in any way want to harm that? I mean, it's the, it's, the, it's the pure, perfect love revealed to you. And I'm not saying this to say that God is weak when we hurt him, but he hurts when we take the desires of the world, which are, which are going to be gone, which are here today, gone tomorrow. We sing about it. the desires of the world. They fade away in comparison to the eternal, immortal God. Why, why would you settle for that? 
And so here he is saying, you, you adulterers. I just, I just love his, his strength. So, uh, so God is passionate, so he's jealous for the spirit that he's placed within you uh, for a lot of reasons. One, because it's himself. You know, another is because he's pure and innocent. Another one is because it, it heals you. The spirit that he's placed within you, like Romans 8, 11, for instance, it brings life to your mortal bodies. We just took communion. It's life to us to, to, to have this. And so we're going to get into the, the prescriptions that, that uh, Luther didn't like so much but, um, but are good for us. So, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That I'm going to just briefly hit on this. Uh, humility to me in this case is an honest acknowledgement of what you currently know to be true with an openness to be shown differently from God. We, it's it's a, an honest acknowledgement of what you currently know to be true with an openness to be shown different uh, by God. Uh, you know, humility, I, this is how I almost constantly pray, is like, Lord, you know, I, um, I know that, that, uh, that you're faithful. Um, I'm experiencing right now, uh, you know, a, a sense of abandonment. You know, uh, and so what I know to be true is abandonment from you. I'm not saying I'm right, you know, but I am saying uh, that this is my, my reality right now. I, and I, I give you permission to open my eyes and to humble my heart so that I can see you as you really are. And in humbling ourselves this way, we are, we are saying I'm open to what's new. I'm open to you revealing your holiness, something that I haven't seen of you, God, before so that I can actually know you differently. I, I can know you in a holy way now. And, and what's happened is that I, I've become aware of both my thoughts and my emotions in this. Maybe even my, how my body feels. My body aches. I can't sleep at night. You know, you said that you give sleep to those whom you love. I'm not sleeping, Lord. Do you not love me? <clears throat> I know that you do. Help me see this. And these are the prayers that we, we work out uh, as we go through. And so it says, be humble. Humble yourself before God. Um, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the next thing James looks at is resistance, resist, resisting the devil. The, the sin itself isn't from, um, I must say this, uh, sin uh, isn't something that the devil um, is planting within us. Sin is something that we partner with or not, and the devil will use to amplify. Sin is an entity, um, like a sickness, like a floating disease, but it's like a roaring lion out there that, that we have uh, the opportunity to agree to or not. The devil comes and tries to tempt us to take on sin. Um, he, he's not looking to, to necessarily birth it in us. It actually comes from our own desires that are outside of God. Uh, sin itself starts within us as a desire to do something or find pleasure in something outside of God or do something according to uh, different than him. And the devil is just looking for us to take the bait of that. It says here, if we resist the devil in that temptation, he will flee. John was talking last week about uh, a restoration of authority and of ownership and of desires. And we're, this is, and actually the reason why I'm preaching this, I think in part, is because he said, as you repent, you will receive all these things. You know, it's a real quick and easy thing. We're just talking about that so you can have that back. One of those things is the authority that you and I all have. The, the pure, innocent spirit of God is in you. And, and so when you agree with him, when you, when you receive him and, and abide in that and say, yeah, I believe in you, Jesus, then you have the same authority that Jesus has to resist the devil and death and sin. And he has to flee. Darkness has to flee light. You have that authority. 
in your home, in all the places where you work. You have the authority between your head and your toes and all that. You have that authority to cast out the devil, to resist him. Sometimes there's a season of resisting. It may, may last for five seconds, maybe like a whole day. I'm resisting abandonment. I'm resisting loneliness. I'm resisting feeling like that temptation is sin over here. But you resist. You say, no, I don't want to want that. And we resist by first humbling ourselves and receiving from God what he has. And then the devil will flee. Wash your hands, it says next, you sinners. Again, he's talking to believers. I love this. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. All right, so let's talk about this. This is the process of repentance that I really was hoping to aim at. And I wanted to start it out by seeing that we were holistic beings formed before the creation of the world in the heart and mind of God through Christ now formed into this world in a state that is like Christ, holistic in nature. Our body, soul, and spirit is all connected in one. Our thoughts, affections, our actions, our will is all connected as one. There's no separation between all these things. We've been taught that repentance is simply a changing of the mind, and that's by definition true. But the mind we know of, both in the Greek and Hebrew world, was far more encompassing than that. It was holistic. And so when we repent, it's not simply saying, yes, I agree with you here. Uh, There needs to be a process that we go through oftentimes of what our emotions feel when we actually do believe differently than we did before. And so, you know, there's been so many times in my life where, goodness gracious, I, I walked in such hedonistic pleasures of the world, sin, that when it came time for me to turn to the Lord, I saw, whoa, you love me so much. And I was like, God, I've hurt you so much. God, you love me so much. Thank you for forgiveness. God, I hurt you so much. This back and forth that was there as, as my uh, awareness of God began to go deeper within me, I began to have to experience an, a newness of where my emotions were coming from. Before my emotions, for instance, I, uh, this is an easy one for you guys. Um, uh, yeah, I would have emotions that were attached to like caffeine or chocolate or food. You guys got quiet. Come on. Like, <laughs> have you guys never fasted and experienced grief? <laughs> After the holidays, we feel tubby and we got to get on a new weight. That was a bad song. I, uh, <laughs> there are times, y'all, when we are, our emotions make us fat. Because we're going to eat to feel better. And so when we're aware that God himself is our peace, and instead of you know, feasting on chocolate or caffeine or whatever might give us peace, he's saying, I want you to fast and find peace in me. We, we will go through a, a time of grief. Like, oh, I don't like this. So the, the, the other way, you know, we, we experience, you know, uh, God, I, I, was, um, you know, I was angry, you know, toward, you know, my, my brother and sister in Christ, you know, and, uh, and you're showing me that the reason why I was angry was because there was a part of me that wanted to, you know, to, to kill them in my heart. You know, I was angry. I, I wasn't actually kill them, but there was a part of me that, that didn't want them there so that I could have what they had. And, and I see that now. And God, I'm, I'm so sorry that, that that hurts. And so... Um, one of the things that John did just then for our communion was that he slowed things down. 
and I'm sorry I'm talking so fast because normally I, I, I really want to slow things down because we, we, we can get from an idea of God and just say, yes, I believe differently and, and in a fast-paced culture, think that we have arrived when we just change our thinking and y'all, there, we need to slow down and actually feel the response that happens when we've grieved God, when he's, a, he's, he's showing us that, you know, and, and, then, and then we were like, I was like, you know, I, I want to I turn from that, God. God, I'm so sorry, that, that hurts that I, that I did that. There's the promise of the exaltation to come, right? So there is joy in this. But first, become sorrowful. Um, in, in the traditional idea of repentance, there, there is this idea of contrition or of, of, you know, of being sorrow for what, what's happened. Um, and so we, we experience, uh, you know, an, an awareness of God. And so a lot of times what will happen is that we, we come into a service or we, we, we're praying and, and the presence of God is there. And a lot of us are like, this is joy, this is great. That's not always going to be the case. Sometimes we'll experience an, an awareness, an illumination of our sin. And, and that can make us sorrowful. That, that can make us like, oh, man, I really messed it up. It can also make us afraid. And so when the Spirit of God comes, there's different emotions that we'll experience. And I want us to slow down as a body enough to be able to know that it's okay to grieve. All right? It's okay to, to spend time crying before God and, and one another um, when we recognize sin as part of our holistic healing that happens through repentance. Yeah. And so as we're, as we're sitting there, the reason why we experience grief at times, um, say before I would have this delicious cheeseburger, you know, that would give me sustenance and life and, and peace, uh, or maybe it was drugs. <laughs> Whatever your idol is, you know, maybe it's the crown on Netflix, and I don't know. <laughs> so... You're having this, and then, and then the Lord uh, convicts you and says, hey, you know, you're looking to that thing, that, that, that part of creation. That's something that, that was created you know, to fulfill you. When, when you're from heaven, you were born for the, the vastness of these oceans to be filled up in you and for you to be a bringer of all that wonder and joy that you see in Jesus and, and to walk that way at all times and to not be dependent upon creation. You know, that, that was the, the, the fruit came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and said, I'd rather eat of creation than take of the creator. And from that day forward, humanity has been geared towards receiving from creation as opposed to receiving from above. And so in that, in that sense, God shows us the cheeseburger and we're like, oh, and we might experience loss for a couple different reasons. One, because formerly, man, it was so easy to have this. I could count on it. It was faithful to me, even though it was killing me. I knew where to go to get this cheeseburger, but it was killing me. And so then we experienced this sense of grief, one, because of the loss of that here, but also the loss of predictability, the loss of security, the loss of consistency, the loss of a narrative. I am a cheeseburger eater, the loss of an identity, the loss of one, uh, you know, I, I'm one who, since the time I was born, my dad used to take me to go get cheeseburgers, and we got cheeseburgers all the time, and, and that's our connection point, and we always love cheeseburgers, and, and then God's telling me that that's not my narrative anymore. I'm, I'm not a cheeseburger person, and there's a, I'm serious, guys, there's a grief in these things that we go through. And, and so we, we, we weep before this, and then with a humble heart, we say, God, I acknowledge before you that this cheeseburger satisfied me better than I believe you can. I'm not saying I'm right but it's there before me. 
and, and I'm talking about cheeseburgers. He, he's talking about adultery. You know, he, he's talking about envy. He's talking about all kinds of things. And, and there's more to it than that. But I'm, I'm helping you guys lay a picture. And we say, God, I'm, I'm so sorry. But I acknowledge that I, I need to know from you right now that, that you are better than this cheeseburger. Yeah. Taste and see. Psalm 34, we let it right at the beginning. Taste and, let me taste that you are better than whatever this thing was before. I, I want to know this through and through. And it says beforehand that God gives grace generously. Grace is not simply forgiveness. That's mercy. Grace is the divine presence being imparted into you as you open yourself up to God. Grace is actually the essence of God. It's not simply forgiveness. Grace is the essence received into you for empowerment to be fully human. That's grace. He gives it generously. So you ask him for these things. And you go through the weeping, you go through the mourning, but you also experience fear. Again, fear because suddenly I'm a new person and I, I don't know who I am without this, whether it's clothes, whether it's a person. Maybe he's asking you to give up this relationship. Maybe he's asking you as couples not to do certain things before you're supposed to. And then you feel afraid. Well, how am I going to find comfort? How am I going to feel security? How am I going to be loved? These are things that make us naturally in our, in our body and in our emotions afraid, afraid to face the light, afraid to face Jesus. Jesus tells us that we can't even know these things without him showing them to us. So John 16, I will send the spirit who will reveal and unveil these things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. I, I will reveal myself to you, and only through that illumination can you see. And so think of it like this. The one who was set apart for, from the very beginning who wanted to include you in family, is there showing you these things. And so if you can see sin, it's only because the loving one is there showing you this to bring you further into love. And so when we're naturally afraid, he's asking us to let go of that which formerly made you secure and receive from him. I'm saying these things because God's doing a holy work in our congregation in our midst. He's doing it right now. Tonight, I mean, in, in, in the weeks ahead, he is doing a holy work. And this passage is going to prepare you to remain in that place, to be continuous in that place. Because the continual holiness of God, which is continual, holy, 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 more of it is, is ready to, to form you. When you look at that baby, when he looked at Jesus, when, when he sees holiness, and when you see holiness, you're going to become conformed and changed and, and become different only as you let go of these former things that were there. Even good things. You know, before, I, I, you know, maybe it was, uh, you know, I had these habits to where I could encounter you, God, through sitting before you and, and worshiping in the morning. And he's saying, I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to encounter me over here. And you're like, oh, but I got comfortable with that. He's like, I know, and I want you to find me over here. Uh, you know, and, and when, when he does that, we have to be ready, lest we not experience the holiness that's out there. And so I know that's kind of like an intense message to say that like this, but this is your part in holiness because he's wanting you to experience the newness of him so that you can respond in a way that he experiences the newness of holiness. You guys got the noodle on that one. All right, so let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter. Um, for a time, uh, let yourself feel those things. Take time to say, Holy Spirit, let me feel the, the weight, the gravity. Let me feel the, the grief even on your own heart and my own heart of my emotions for what I've done, for what I was holding on to, and then let that now uh, affect me. This is your call at times. 
don't, when, he, when you see something new, don't just blow past it and be like, oh, I was wrong, sorry, God. I've been taught that before by some people. Oh, you just think differently. You're good to go. You know, just, just believe differently, just think it differently, and you're good to go. I'm like, no, we are holistic beings. You, your thoughts, your emotions, your body has to completely change in this. And if you're not willing to be new, to be holy in God, then, then you're going to miss out. Let me just put it like that. And, and I think that's, that's, I could say it stronger. James says adulterers. <laughs> okay. So, all right, let me go on. Um, there's some great tips. You know, don't speak evil. Don't criticize and judge one another. Uh, because when so doing, you're judging God. He, he says, he goes down. But I want to get now to James chapter 5. And... In verse 13, um, are there any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders for the church of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed sins, you will be forgiven. All right. It's, <laughs> such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed sins, you will be forgiven. We are coming together in a place where unless we are aware of that cleansing forgiveness in our own lives, personally, we're not going to be able to enter into, by faith, what it says here, that authority to pray because the, the, the crowds are coming tonight. And so repentance is today, now. Receive it. Know the will of God is to heal according to the word of God. It is to heal. As we enter into repentance, enter into that place of faith, we will experience healings. This is, this is our call. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So confession is to be a regular means by which we experience healing in our own lives. Healing, refreshing, exalting even. Humble yourselves before God and he will exalt you. Exalt. Be exalted, friends. Humble yourselves. Confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. I'm telling you guys, if, if you know, you know, if you're experiencing the presence of God through repentance like this, you will know that you know that you know God is in your midst. You can't help but experience him differently. You'll experience a cleansing of your own heart. You'll feel light. I mean, this is the great gift that Jesus has given us through repentance is that no longer are we weighed down by our own sins. No longer do we feel ugly. No longer do we feel ashamed. We are clean, pristine, just like he is. This is the great gift. And if you know that, you can look someone in the eye and be like, Jesus is Lord. You know, you know it. You, 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 can, you can not blush. And, and part of the edge of the church has been dulled over the years because they've lost confession. They've lost repentance. Once it's in your heart, like this is who he is, you will know that he's there in power and you will see healing. Yeah. This is, we, we lift up the cross for this reason. It, it brings through the kingdom of heaven. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This repentance part precedes the move of God. Yeah. Oh, so... Finally, it says, uh, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering, God, this is, <laughs> yeah, okay, so when we were in, in, in Beirut, oh, man, this is, I'm going to get emotional. So when we were in Beirut, uh, Lebanon, about six, seven years ago now, um, 
one out of every two people that we met that were coming from Iraq and Syria had had an encounter of Jesus, either in dreams or in visions or direct manifestations. One out of every two people had encountered Jesus in dreams, visions, or direct manifestations. And every one of those people we talked to, every one of them, Jesus told them, go to the, this church, or go to the square and meet this person or meet this person over here, and they will tell you of who I am. Every one of them. Jesus didn't show up at that time and say, this is the gospel. Jesus sent them to you. You can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. (laughs) Who wants to be a hero? (laughs) They're coming. Friends, they are coming. And you are going. You are going. This is your call. Learn repentance yourself. Learn how to be washed clean so that your emotions are fresh, so that your joy is full, so that you are exalted every single day with pep in your step. I don't know why I said that. You go out there and enjoy God, enjoy Jesus, and save the world. It's Jesus who saves, right? Through who? You know, your prayers will heal the sick, according to the word of God. And so, all right. That's a good enough theological foundation for the Bible. Let's go ahead and practice this for a second, all right? Um, I hope you guys trust me with this um, because I, I, uh, I hope you trust me now to go into this next part, especially of just going through a time of repentance. The Holy Spirit is here. He's here because I'm here. You know, and he's here because you're here. You know, and, and that's the faith that I have. And that's the faith that, that you, if you don't have it, you're going to have it. Uh, everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit's with you, okay? And so you bring the kingdom with you. And so he's here today, and part of what he does is bring illumination, and part of what he's going to do today is reveal areas where he's wanting to show you more holiness. And so it, it doesn't have to look like a moral failure that he reveals. It can look like there's more joy I want you to know, so let go of the former way of understanding joy. You know, if you, if you look at a sunset and begin to calculate how many degrees off the earth the sun is today to get that one shade of hue and, and to say, well, it was five o'clock, so therefore I can replicate it, you're, you're missing the point. And so take yourself out of schedules and times and, and figuring things out and say, I just want the newness of life. I want to be so open to, to being overwhelmed by you, God. I'm going all the way deep in that river to be washed away by the river. I'm living in the river from now on. I'm not getting ankle, knee, hip deep. I'm going all the way in that river. I'm not going to think about my own safety. All right. So I'm going to ask you guys right now, and I'm going to ask the Spirit to, to uphold my prayer right now, um, that, that you, would, you would, in these next 10 minutes, five minutes, let yourself be swept away by the Spirit of God, showing you whatever he wants to show you. You guys up for it? Do you guys trust the Lord in this? No, no, trust me in this. Trust the Lord in this. Father, (laughs) I love you so much. God, I, I, I want for the love that is high and deep and wide, unimaginable, to be crammed into every person in here right now, more than anything else I can put into words. It is the it is the joy of my heart and my life for them to know your son, Jesus. I've spoken. You now exalt the name of Jesus. You reveal the truth of what I'm saying. And so, Lord, I, I, 
I know, <laughs> as an imperative, say come. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to search us and know us, to illuminate our thoughts, to illuminate our emotions, to illuminate any place in our body and in our will that you want to, anything at all. We bring, I bring all these people up here right now into your light, the only light that can bring awareness, the same awareness that Jesus walked in all the time, always revealing holiness in humanity through his humanity. We are able to experience your holiness. And so, Lord, I ask now for your holiness to come strong, to come fully revealed. And, Father, I ask that there be a safe place right now. Can we turn on some background music? I ask, Father, that right now that you would allow people to feel safe if they need to share some emotions right now. If they need to just confess to you, if they need to turn to a person right now and confess. I ask that there would be a safe place right now, Lord, to simply share even a joyful emotion. And so, Father, I ask for grace and mercy right now to come and make a moment last as if we're in heaven now and there's no time. Lord, you teach us to humble ourselves, to simply acknowledge what we believe to be true, open to you, revealing what is true. Holy Spirit, where we have been blind, give us eyes to see. Where we have experienced darkness in our emotions, in our bodies somewhere, we give you permission to bring light. Father, I ask that you give wisdom, experiential wisdom, to know what the new is in our life. You're always doing a new thing because you're always doing a holy thing. Give us wisdom right now of what it is that we are experiencing when you're doing that. If that brings up discomfort, 
anxiety, reveal that that's your work, revealing something deeper, and give wisdom for how to bring that to you now. Even sharing, Lord, I feel anxious right now. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know why. I ask for your mercy that I would have peace. Father, there are uh, some people that have been uh, so caught up in a loop, a mind loop, that they don't know themselves apart from that, that loop, that, that way of thinking. And, and actually, they, they've taken that on as their identity. By your mercy right now, heal them. In the name of Jesus. Father, there are those whose identity <laughs> is so wrapped up in these cycles that they, because they don't know how to be anything else, it almost seems like it's, it's impossible to change. And, and that's a lie. And so I ask that that new identity that is in Jesus for them, that you would, by your mercy, draw them into that place and, and let them forget Love does not remember a wrong. And let them forget themselves, forget their narrative. Father, I, I'm, uh, I'm aware of the word barrenness right now, and I, I know that there's a, a physical barrenness of barren children. Um, I, I also know that this is involving a lot more, uh, but I hear the word barrenness, that, that for whatever reason you felt barren in certain areas of your life. Uh, Lord, it was, a, it was a miracle when Elizabeth received the birth of John. The, she was past bearing age. It was a miracle when Sarah and Hannah you took a, a new, you, you took that which was and you made it something new. And I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would implant the new identity within every person, that they're no longer called barren, but they're called prosperous and wealthy. Father, thank you for the space that you've given us today. And now, Lord, I ask for just a couple minutes of just exalting. We've humbled ourselves before you today, God, as best we know how. And you take the little and you make much of it. And so, Lord, I now ask that there would be an exaltation. And I experience, oh, that's good. 
Holy Spirit, come right now and fill us with your joy. Holy Spirit, come right now and fill us. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your hope. Come and fill us with that newness of life. Holy Spirit, thank you right now for lifting us up. Thank you right now, Lord, for creating expectancy in our life. Thank you right now for creating confidence and boldness in all of us right now. Thank you for these things, Lord. Thank you for filling us, Lord, even with visions right now that are being revealed in this room to people for specific things that you have called for them to do, that you are revealing these things now and they will come to pass. Thank you, Lord, for forever extra measures of perseverance, Lord. Thank you for these things, God. So, Lord, let your exaltation happen. I'm just going to wait just another minute longer as the Lord ministers to you. So now, Lord, in those places that we've walked through repentance, now bring your joy, your kingdom in those places. You call us sons and daughters. You call us holy. Lord, through our humanity, there is a holiness that's being revealed in communion with you, never apart from you, but always in communion with you. And that amazes me, God. And so, Lord, let every person know that they are holy. They're holy with you. You're holy with them. Let your jealousy be revealed right now for your spirit within every person. How wonderful it is, how thrilling it is, Lord, to know your spirit. How special we are in you because of this. Lord, we are your prized possession, your unique, special inheritance. Come, God. Fill us all with love and your peace and your power. Thank you that you make us alive now in Christ. Lord, you have control over ourselves. We give up all control. You take charge, Lord. You're not a controlling God. You partner with us, and we give you the capacity right now to have charge over us. And we give up those things that you can wash us away with you. We love you, Lord. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thanks guys for letting me take you on that little uh, road a bit. Are there going to be praying people today up here? Is there a prayer ministry today? Anyone? What's that? So yes, for our prayer team, if you would come forward. Everyone, if you want, we're not standing up. I'll release you in a second. If you want to have prayer, um, again, if you want to receive anointing for power for tonight, uh, come forward. Uh, but it's here also for you. Father, I thank you for this time. Let every person here go in peace and joy. And tonight, Lord, I ask for faith to rise up in this room so that all who come here receive a knowledge of Jesus Christ and his power and his healing and his joy and his life without end. Lord, thank you for the holy work that you're doing in this hour. Thank you that you are washing away hopelessness and despair and you have now made us new in the Lord. For you are holy and we are holy in you. Friends, eat, drink, be merry, come back. We love you. You've been listening to The Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message. We're sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.